0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Middle Age Madness podcast with me Susie. I have been busy this past week or so. This is a very middle-aged thing to talk about, but we have had the lofts properly insulated and boarded. Hooray! So yes, perhaps a little bit middle-aged. I'm not sure if a 20-something or perhaps even a 30-something would get too excited about having their loft redone. But we have done that and I have turned it into a clear, useful space. Now, it doesn't have a window. Our loft doesn't have a window. And I have covered the inside of the rafters, the underneath of the the rafters with some kind of silver foil quilting stuff just because it's not a warm roof there's no insulation in between the rafters but I wanted to make it it was really drafty when you went up there a lot of the lining was torn and you could see the tiles and things and a little bit of sky even but I did want to make it as much as possible a space where perhaps I could store things and have them easily accessible again I'm not sure how many younger people may appreciate this. Perhaps you're listening and you're in your 30s and feel free to tell me that I am just talking out of my backside and that, of course, you agree with me and it's having a useful loft is incredibly important. But I kind of... I don't think when I was in my 20s or 30s, I would have been interested in having... A space like this but it, it's so things are easily accessible I can store things like Christmas presents up there and then I could wrap Christmas presents up there if I wanted to I have lots of boxes of fabric because I used to sew clothes more than I do now but it's something I'd like to get back into but to have my fabric up there I've got a nice big space I've got a table So I can lay fabric out and I can cut fabric and things like that, which I found difficult to do. And I'm really excited about this lovely room that I have. It's okay; It's not the best room in the world, but to me, it's lovely. I will put some photographs up on Instagram and in the Facebook group so you can have a little look and tell me if it's the kind of thing that you would like to have if you don't already or perhaps you do have a craft space. I know I do have some friends who are very crafty and one in particular and she will know who she is but she has the most amazing craft room. She does one particular craft a lot and she does it very well and she has the most organized and matching and sorted craft room. It is something to behold. It is a beautiful room. Um, I'm totally envious when I see it because my it was my craft room. It's kind of become our study. Mine and my husband both have our computers in there now. So it's less nice, perhaps, but um, all my shelves and my desk and things like that, they were all kind of slightly mismatched. But this particular friend, all of hers, just, it's just wonderful. But um, yes, so I've got this kind of second space now, which, as I said, is not easily accessible, because it's, in the loft and I have to pull the ladder down every time I want to go up. There isn't any power sockets up there. So I have to take a extension lead up there with me if I want to plug in a radio or anything like that. But I think it could be a really useful space. So I'm actually quite excited about having that space in my house as I say I don't think when I was younger I would have been quite so excited I'm not sure why perhaps it feels exciting now maybe it's just because it's happened now in my life perhaps if I'd been living in a house 10 years ago and had the loft redone I may still have been excited I think part of it is that I don't feel like I have much time to do hobbies anymore. So having this space, dedicated space, almost is a bit of a kick up the bum to say, go on, go and do something, go and enjoy your hobbies like you used to. So, I don't know. Anyway, so whenever anyone has been asking me how my my weekend went, I have bored them to death with my tales of putting everything back in the loft. Oh my goodness, my husband did complain about the amount of stuff that I have. And I'm like, excuse me, I've been alive for 41 years. That's a whole load of memories right there. And it genuinely does go back 41 years. I have, courtesy of my parents, I have in my possession a newspaper from the day I was born. So literally 41 years of memories up there. Now, my husband is one of those infuriating people who just doesn't seem to have a lot of stuff. He definitely has more now than he used to. He's got a lot of hobby stuff. In terms of memories and things, he's really condensed it down over the years. But I just don't feel able. And somebody at work today said, but when, when are you going to look at all of that, that stuff? And I'm like, well, maybe I would like to look at it one day. And they just look. They just gave me a very strange look, as though I was bizarre. So, probably their loft is not half as cluttered as as mine is. Um, but yes, oh, my husband did grumble about putting all of my things up in the loft, and he's. I heard him yesterday telling the neighbours about how much of it was mine. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. But you know, when you get, I mean, or even when you're younger, even going to university you feel like you have a lot of things but especially being middle-aged there's an awful lot of history going on there isn't there I mean honestly please tell me that I am not the only person who has a whole load of memories stored somewhere I really hope that I'm not the only one I just don't feel that I can get rid of a lot of it When I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's the bear that so-and-so gave me. or Those are the letters that I used to write to my cousin. Or, oh, here are some photographs of me and my friends at school. And I just, even though it, it only really matters to me, I just feel like I can't get rid of them. Which actually makes me think, have any of you ever done the Marie Kondo method? So she is I believe she's Japanese and she has this amazing way of decluttering your life and living living a kind of minimalist lifestyle. And if you haven't heard of her then perhaps if I say she's the lady that has this incredible way of folding all of your clothes so you can see them all in the drawer at the same time. Anyway, that's Marie Kondo. And she has this decluttering thing and she talks about only keeping things in your life, in your house, whatever, that bring you joy. And the way you do this is by holding the item. And if you don't feel that it sparks joy in you, then it's something that you need to let go. But before you could let it go, you need to thank it for being part of your life and for having brought you joy in the past. But now it's time to move on. And Apparently this works. Please let me know if any of you have ever done this method and it has worked for you. I've tried the, the pants and T-shirts rolling thing in the drawer and it, it kind of works, but it is a bit time consuming. <laughs> I actually even tried it with the toddler's clothes once, if you could believe that. It's not an experience I shall be repeating. Let's just say that. So I would love to know if any of you have done this method of decluttering your life by only keeping things that bring you joy. And if you have managed to let go of, say, memories, because I just think if I open these boxes of memories... And I get things out, surely get everything in there because obviously I've only kept good memories because we tend not to want to keep things that remind us of bad things. So everything that I pull out of these boxes is going to spark some memory for me, ideally a happy memory. So that's joy. So therefore I should keep it. Maybe I'm doing the method of a disservice as I say, if any of you have tried it, let me know how you got on. I am not sure it's something that I want to do with my memories. I don't mind doing it. I mean, this is probably defeating the method completely. I don't mind doing it with the tat that's in the kitchen drawer. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's got a drawer or a bit of drawer somewhere, normally in the kitchen, though it's just full of stuff. It's like somewhere where you just put stuff, right? So I have to say it used to be organised at first. It's in the cutlery drawer. Our cutlery drawer is like 90 centimetres long. It's an amazing drawer. I love it. But in that drawer on one side, it started to accumulate stuff. It wasn't intended to have stuff. It didn't have stuff to start with. There's one person in the household that I feel is more to blame for it being a tat drawer than I was hoping it would be. I'm not going to mention any names, but there you go. So, it's ended up being a bit of a tat draw. It's got bits of right, it's got rubber bands in and pencils and pens and that half-used packs of paracetamol and plasters that are all kind of falling out, batteries for my hearing aids and, and just all sorts of bits and pieces, boxes of matches little bits, little bits and pieces. It's one of those drawers that just accumulates things. So I don't feel that I would have any problems with doing this joy method with that tap drawer. But with your memories, I don't know. I suppose I'm asking myself if it's necessary. I felt a little bit under attack, shall we say, from my other half, about the amount of stuff that I had in terms of memories. But then I think I've lived for 41 years. That is a long time. That's a lot of memories. I've lived in several different places. I've lived in different cities. I've I've travelled a little bit, not massively well travelled, but I I did a little bit of travelling. I've got friends in different places. Do you know? Perhaps you agree with me, perhaps you don't. Maybe you can talk some sense into me. But I just felt a little bit like I was entitled to keep these memories because it is a long time in your life. And perhaps one day I will go through everything in those boxes and I will have a little bit of my own joy session going on up there. Maybe I'll have the radio and I'll just sit and flick through it all. Maybe I'll be able to throw some things away or maybe I really want to keep that bus receipt from 1998 because I went on a bus with somebody. I don't know. (laughs) I have, apart from a few obvious things, I have like old school uniform and things like that. I've no idea really what's in those boxes anymore. So maybe I'll do a little, a little look. Maybe sometime soon I'll go and sit up there before it gets too cold and have a little look. Anyway, do let me know if any of you have a similar collection of memories or if you are amazing at decluttering your life. Um, I would really like to know. So, the other thing that I would like to talk about this week is after my previous episode, where I mentioned feeling like maybe I was having a midlife crisis, I had a few messages from people, and somebody said something which really stuck in my brain. And they said, It's not a midlife crisis. It's that you're finding yourself again. And I found this so interesting. Because I do feel as though, I think when you're at school and you're a bit more relaxed perhaps and you have more time. You maybe are yourself as much as you can be in the restraints of of school and worrying about people's opinions and things like that then you go through a period of conforming for work and then perhaps you know conforming to some extent within a relationship and then perhaps just as, as, as you you grow older society maybe restricts you a bit more and um, I definitely actually think that's true you definitely feel a little bit more as though you have to do X, Y, Z as part of society and things like that, but then perhaps instead of it being a midlife crisis, perhaps you're literally just finding yourself again, and you're you're coming back to more closely to what you were like as a child or a teenager, and and not caring, not not giving two figs what anybody else thinks. You're going to be yourself again. So I was really pleased to receive that message because that made me feel much better. And actually, last weekend, I went into something that possibly six months, a year ago, I would never have done. I went to an outdoor centre, Lake 32 near Sirencester, and I went and I did a cold water swim there might be some of you who love cold water swimming. There are definitely some people that I know who do open water swimming uh, and wild swimming, those kinds of things. And this is not something that I would normally do. If you know me, I have something called thalassophobia, which is essentially a fear of deep water, either through things that might be in the water or just the idea of the depth itself so and I definitely have the Lassophobia I can get it in a swimming pool honestly (laughs) I think I've been like this all my life and definitely some of my family will remember me being eight nine going to the Kingfisher swimming pool with the family and and we would go down to the deep end they had a wave machine at this pool which was really cool but going down to the day at the, the deep end and being around this kind of caged room under the water where the where the wave machine machinery was and you couldn't see the machinery but it was just a dark room and it was all closed off and I had a real fear of going down towards that area maybe that started my fear I don't know And I remember then probably being about 15 or 16 and watching Jaws. I think I was at a relative's house in Canada (laughs) and I watched Jaws. Maybe that solidified it. I'm not sure. But I do have thalassophobia and I have started uh, as part of something called the Rebel Badge Club, which... You should check out. I, decided, I started doing some wild swimming, some open water swimming. So I went and did this swimming event. It's a fun swimming event. It wasn't timed or anything. It wasn't a race. It was just getting out there in the cold water. It was organized by a group, national group called the Blue Tit Chill Swimmers. And there's a group in Oxfordshire and that's where I that's where I've been doing my swimming only a few times because it's quite hard to get there. But and you could do different different distances. So I chose the shortest distance, which was 50 metres, which I know sounds pathetically small, perhaps. But for me, that was really hard because it was going out into a massive lake. Cannot see the bottom at all or even any hint of the bottom And going out there in this lake and swimming 50 metres. And it was kind of round in a triangle, so it wasn't too bad. But I did it and the water was cold. It was 11.8 degrees that day and I didn't have any skins on or anything. It was just my swimming costume. Fortunately, a friend had lent me some neoprene gloves and I already had some neoprene shoes. That's fine. But anyway, I went out and I swam this 50 metres and it was a really, really lovely event. My husband and my son came and we met up with a friend who lives nearby and she brought her two daughters and we got there. It was such a lovely feel to the event. It was a a bit like a mini festival. There were a few stalls selling swimming type things, uh, open water swimming things and, and those kinds of things. There were people with chairs hanging around people with drinks you know um, not alcoholic but hot drinks because it was a cool day but it was really really nice but one the one thing that really kind of stood out to me about this event is that I suppose the average age of the women there must have been somewhere around 45 to 50 there were some men there as well Um, not all women, but I'd say perhaps 95, 98% women. And they were, the average age, as I said, must have been somewhere around 45, 50. At a rough glance, obviously, you're going to get outliers in, in both directions. And it was really startling, coupled with this message that I'd received saying that it's not a midlife crisis, you're just becoming who who you who you are again and it made me realize okay so maybe there is some truth in that all of these women who are most of them are all looking to me over the age of 35 say They were all there to do this cold water swim and to have a laugh with it. There were silly hats and silly inflatables and all sorts of things going on. But everyone was so nice. Everyone was so encouraging and friendly and that was wonderful. And what can I say? It it was fantastic and it made me just think that, well, if I think I'm having a midlife, midlife crisis doing all these different things are all of these women also having a midlife crisis and i thought yeah so maybe it is that we're just finding ourselves again and finding something that we enjoy that's a part of who we are and what we like doing so there you go that's that's my kind of profound thoughts for the week do come and check me out on social media. We have a Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash middle madness. And I'm also over on Instagram, middleagedmadness.podcast. So do come along, join the Facebook group, follow me on Instagram. I'm going to put some photographs up. Of my week. Feel free to share your photographs or your suggestions or thoughts about any of the topics that I've covered so far, and I will speak to you next week. Bye bye.